welcome to the Raptor Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. A reminder, we're streaming live on Sportsnet's YouTube channel and airing live on Sportsnet 360, Monday to Friday from 2 to 3 p.m. Make sure you find the Raptor Show wherever you listen to podcasts and subscribe. Please rate and review the show. I'm your host, Wayne Lou. I'm in an incredible mood because the Raptors just won a game by 30, and I'm joined by producer and co-host Alex Wong, who is in the exact same mood. Alex, how you doing, man? Um, I'm great, Will. How are you today? Um, a very <clears throat> exciting win for the Raptors. Last yeah. night to move above 500 after this seven-game stretch. You know, that, that that was game seven of the season, and it felt like a game seven. Okay, yeah, speak for yourself. No, I'm yeah. kidding. No, it's yeah. just nice. It was just nice to see uh, the Raptors at, like, not not peak form, but just, like, the, the defense that they played at stretches in this game um, was, was really exciting. You know, like, offensively, we know the ceiling for the Raptors isn't, like, super high. They're not going to, like, wow you with incredible shot making or like they're not going to throw around beautiful passes nonstop. But no, what no, they... I saw all of that last night though. Okay. Okay. We'll, we'll get to it. But three listen. straight threes from Scotty Barnes, five Oh run from Ken Birch. Yeah, I mean, it's like a two Delano Banton emerging as a, as an all time garbage time score. I mean, he, he does turn into LeBron each time the third units are out <laughs> He's there. Like yo, clear out. He's like, yo, Jeff down junior. Yeah. Clear out. Yeah. Can we also talk about Nick sending Malachi Flynn to the bench during okay, garbage we'll, time? We'll cover all of that, but to me, the big oh, takeaway is the defense. Sorry, yeah, the sorry. Defense, my bad, man. my bad, my bad. Yeah, okay, so Trey Young, okay. 10 turnovers, 3 of 13 from the field, minus 30 in the game. Yeah, He was coming into this game last night. He was averaging 32 points and 10 assists per game. Not against Nick Nurse's defense. Not against Scotty Barnes at point guard. Yeah, let's 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 start there. So, um, sure. Scotty Barnes at point guard. I mean... When they announced that Fred was going to be questionable, there was a pretty good chance that he wasn't going to play that game. Um, and you kind of figure that Scotty would sort of take over in that sense. I think defensively and offensively it was really impressive. So what do you want to start with? Uh, I think we should start with the defense. Okay. Because yeah. I think that really set the tone for, for last night's game. And, um, you know, you were talking a little bit before about how impressed you were with, with Scotty's defense so far this year. Compared to last year, mm-hmm. is that is that your your assessment so far after seven games? Yeah, well, I mean, first off, last season I think Scotty was already pretty impactful on defense, but it was more selective, right? There were moments where he would press up really high against the opposing point guard or wing or whatever main playmaker they're out there. He press up really close to them, which is what Nick wants to do: pressure the ball and get into the ball and all that stuff. But he had a really hard time containing the dribble penetration. Now, a lot of times they would come back from behind and, and contest a shot or affect a shot or they can switch and stuff like that. But, you know, it, it just wasn't um, always as airtight as sort of what I've seen this season where you have moments where, look, the Raptors lose against the Brooklyn Nets, which we'll, also, we'll get to the Nets too as well. But, you know, down the stretch of that game, Kyrie was unstoppable uh, except for when Scotty was on him for three or four possessions and Scotty really struggled. To, uh, you know, Kyrie struggled to get a shot off against Scotty. And this game was kind of the same deal, right? Trey Young is like one of the best point guards in the league, full stop. And I mean, it, it's not even just the the results, not even just the fact that he had the ten turnovers and, and, and shot so poorly from the field, um, but it's the fact that Scotty is a guy who's that big and that that size can press up against a guy who's who's like thirty five feet from the basket. Like that's where Trey starts his possessions, and you have to extend your defense out that far because he's that good of a shooter, but. For Scotty to be able to do that, like, I mean, there's like a 50, 60 pound just weight difference alone between those two guys, and he's still able to be just as quick. So, I mean, dominant stuff defensively. Yeah, I think 
you know, you were talking about this on the React Pod too, about how last night's win is kind of a glimpse into what the future could be for for the Raptors, right? And mm-hmm. and I think it starts with Scotty, especially with just like I think we should start, you know, holding him to these expectations in terms of having this kind of two way performance, like like more consistently. Yeah. Like obviously he's just starting his second season. And I think we're looking at a player like Pascal, who like, I think for the past few years, like at least I've been demanding like, yo, the, the one thing that you want if you want to be a superstar is like you have to be consistent, right? Yep, yep. And we're seeing that now from Pascal, right? Mm-hmm. Like you're getting like 25, 7, and 7 from him, like at least like every I didn't night. Even, I didn't even think he was like dominating the game that much. And then you look down the box score, he's got the free throw line 16 times. Yeah, and that's the true and mark. And he's got 30 points again. 32, yeah. 31, 12, and 6, 13 of 16 from the free throw line. Uh-huh. Uh, many MVP chants. Uh, I love when the MVP chants are, are warranted, and it must feel good for Pascal. Listen, I know he's got bigger goals, but like seven games into the season, talking about wanting to to be a top five player, mm-hmm. and and hearing those deserved chants yep. from the home crowd has to feel good. And he's had twenty plus points, five assists, and five rebounds in like every game, every game so far this season. And this is from Chris Black uh, at Sportsnet. Uh, it's him, Luca, and LeBron. They're the only ones in the league averaging twenty-five, seven, and seven. Yeah, right now. And that's, I mean, that just says it all right there. I mean, obviously there's other guys in the league who come close to that, mm-hmm. right? I think even like a Dejounte Murray comes a little bit close to that. He he rebounds a lot for a guard. Um, you know, you look at like Luca or Luca's obviously in that race, but like, um, would it surprise you if Giannis was averaging close to that? Probably not, right? But I think, yeah, I mean, he's he's just finding ways to get it done. I think. I, I got to look at the, the stats, and I'll probably do so here live on the air uh, just by myself sometimes. But to uh, me, it looks like Pascal's, like, got to be, like, top five at worst in terms of just transition opportunities. Yeah. The whole game last night, it felt like he was in transition. Like, the Raptors had 43 points on the fast break to 10 for Atlanta. Yeah, no, I think I last mean, last night was legit uh, the blueprint, uh, shouts to Jay-Z, wow. on, on, like, how the Raptors, like the winning formula for the Raptors. Mm-hmm, like yeah. you want to see a lot of these games during the regular season. And I think talking so much about, you know, all the minutes as the starters had to play last year and even at the start of the season during this stretch, like you want just some of these games where it's just easy wins, right? Like I know they didn't pull away until the second half, mm-hmm. but, you know, I would just like to see the Raptors, especially when they're taking on, like I'm not saying like Atlanta's not like, you know, real competition or anything like that. But, like, against certain teams, especially when you're at home, like Atlanta was, like, you know, in the middle of a very long road trip, like, just take care of business in these games, right? Yep. Like, you don't need these games to come out, come down to the wire all the time. Um, but, uh, yeah, I was talking about Pascal's consistency just to make a point about Scotty. It's just, like, you know, I think I think it's probably too early to expect him to, to you know, find that groove kind of every night because I think he's still trying to figure out his role mm. and, like, he's going to have different assignments every night. But, like, you talked about the defense and then on the offensive end, the career high five threes to 21 points, seven rebounds and eight assists. I mean, yeah. like, like you talk about the future of the Raptors. Like this is what you want to see from Scotty moving forward. The threes. Yeah, I mean, man. I mean, last coming to last year, if I told you he wasn't even going to hit five threes in a whole season, you probably would have believed me. Yeah, I know. Well, I mean, that was the scouting report on him, right? People were calling him a zero level score. Like genuinely <laughs> like draft experts who are like doing this for like a full-time job. were saying, so I know more draft previous. Zero, they're basically describing no, him. Yeah. No, no, they no, said, yeah. What do they say? Well, they were basically describing him like a, a Stanley Johnson with a smile. Like oh that's, what they were, that's what they were describing Scotty as, man. No, no more draft previews until uh, each rookie has played one game in the NBA. I mean, one game would have been enough. Even one yeah. summer league game. I was like, okay, this, this kid could really go. But um, yeah, the three point shooting, it just looks really um, smooth, mature. Gotta say, uh, when we watch warmups, it's not the same. 
<laughs> but it could be one of those Pascal we? situations. Yeah, it's just you, man. Okay, um, fine. It's just me. But when, yeah. when I'm diligently watching warm-ups, yes. you know, it's it, it reminded me a few years ago where we used to watch Pascal warm-up. He used to, like, miss so many shots before the game. I guess he was just kind of, like, you know, right. going through the motions or whatever. Yeah. But then when the game started, he would, like, shoot pretty efficiently. Okay. Uh, and it, it kind of reminds me of that of Scotty. Like, you know, like I, when the when the lights turn on, he gets really focused. He was really engaged. And, you know, the three-point shooting is definitely very, uh, you know, encouraging. He had the three threes right away. Uh, he had the two-for-one where you can Nick, you hear Nick Nurse screaming on the broadcast, go, 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 because we've had opportunities this year where Scotty has been the point guard and the Raptors are trying to execute a two-for-one scenario, try to get two shots with like 35 seconds left on the shot clock. Get a quick shot, and then you get a second shot after the opponent takes a shot. And so you can hear Nick screaming, go, go, go. And Scotty just comes down the floor and just pulls up for three and swishes it. And it's like that kind of stuff is 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 really exciting. But even to me, it's just the playmaking, decision-making. There's a play where he found OG in the corner where Trey Young came over with a blind double team, and there was already, a, like, two defenders within his vicinity already. So at one point, it was triple team, Scotty was. And Scotty put it behind his back. Uh, and was able to read that sort of scenario so quickly to fire it out to OG for the corner three. I mean, um, yeah, I mean, damn, if, that, if that's the future, like, yeah, protect them at all costs. Yeah, yeah, no. Obviously, there's going to be some ups and downs. So, you know, yeah, well, probably a bad react pod this week followed by a good one. Can, on. can we just please find a middle? You no. Know? <laughs> I, no asked, that's what I actually like. asked Will this before the show. I'm like, you know, can we, like, after they lose, just have a positive react pod anyways? Yeah. What do you want me to say? And after they win, can You're we like, not? Oh, you know, first have start a tonight goes to Tyrese Maxey. What a joy he is to watch. Yeah, why Turning not? Turning a corner time and time again. Why not? I mean, how's that? You know, that'd be better than giving Doc Rivers the third star. <laughs> giving Doc the third star. <laughs> oh, man. Hey, by the way, uh, Nate McMillan, no stars for him tonight. Um, oh, okay. How do you not play zone against the Raptors? Like, I. I you know what that, I, mean? I feel like only oh yeah i guess philly did it too philly i was gonna say i was gonna say only miami does that miami did it i think even <laughs> brooklyn did it at times man like they gotta got, start, they gotta start calling that you know how they name all every like pet play and stuff they gotta yeah. start calling that the miami zone man oh, okay well, um mm. yeah no great performance who else let's not forget og ananobi shouts to to emma j brown 14 points, 6 steals. I put together a compilation. We're you you did. You put yeah. together a good compilation. But yeah. man, even that one possession when OG, I think, like stripped the ball three times. Yeah. Who was a player on the other end? It was Hunter. Yeah. Hunter oh, got man. abused in, in this game just on both ends, man. Um, yeah. Scotty was taking it to him all the time. Yeah. And he's their best defender. He's their best wing defender. Now, that might say something about Atlanta in terms of like needing a little bit more help on that front. But like he was drafted really high in the draft. Mm. Uh, and that's sort of his goal is sort of be that 3 and D guy. Scotty took it to him, but also on the on the offensive end. I mean, yeah, that play you're describing. Hunter's trying to execute a pick and roll with OG as his you know defender, and OG pokes the ball free as soon as he goes across the screen. So he's got a reset. Then he's trying to just like fight per position along the sideline. OG sort of like uh, you know traps him there, right? Pins him between um, you know uh, you know obviously the defender and also the sideline, almost like a blind double team there, uh, and then. Pokes the ball free. He collects the ball. He gets to lose the ball again. Then OG takes him the length of the floor for the layup. Like, yeah, I think it's, you know, when you watch the game last night, the thing to me is just there were so many moments where they were just like utterly dominant defensive. Like the Hawks couldn't even dribble. Like they just kept losing the ball, the mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, uh, that's that's not even a team that has uh, like a propensity for high turnovers. Like the Hawks are pretty good at taking care of the ball. They got two pretty reliable point guards who are uh, handling it most of the time. And you saw them last night. They had 13 live ball turnovers. 
and the Raptors scored 43 points on the fast break. Yeah, no, OG was incredible. I, I think we just, I guess we just have to factor in him dribbling the ball off his foot once a game at this point. You know what? Once a game is acceptable. Yeah. I mean, you know, we just gotta live with it. It's one of those things where it's like, right. you know, you, you get into like a, like a, let's say a, a, a long-term friendship with somebody or like a long-term relationship with somebody, but someone you basically know and, and yeah. been around a long time. You accept the faults. They do a lot of things yeah. for you. And then once in a while they do things that are annoying. You yeah. just gotta like kind of live with it. You know, you gotta balance it out. 70, 30 kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And if it doesn't work out, you know. Anyways, you're not the person to talk to about Fred Van Vliet was out last night. And like you mentioned, the rookie, Christian Coloco, friend mm-hmm. of the program, was in the starting lineup. Yep. I really yeah. like, you know, I, I think I think I, I think you were talking, you know, you when you were talking to him yesterday too, you know, talking a lot about how I think sometimes it's really hard for rookies getting adjusted to the NBA, especially playing at this level of physicality and like not getting the particular calls. I did love the story of Nick Nurse uh, screaming at the refs during summer league as well, even when no, he wasn't Nick, coaching. No, Nick's a sicko, this has confirmed that Nick Nurse, way, so. Nick Nurse is pure. Just I want to speak to a manager energy at all times, man. Yeah, so Nick does not coach the summer league teams. No, Nick was just there sitting courtside as, as a fan, as a fan, <laughs> and it sounded like me out there. Yeah, that's that's basically me, but from the six hundred level. Once again, man, you and Nick very similar. Yeah. Uh, okay. Did you yeah. play piano growing up? Um. You know, I, I might Not be the only Asian. Asian who didn't. Yeah. yeah okay. What happened there? We need to explore that. I, I picked flute. Banter pod coming soon, possibly okay, yeah. Friday. We, we, we need it. We need it. De- depending on our schedules. But yeah, no, I was just thinking like this is such good reps for Coloco yeah, to yeah. start the season. Yeah. Like like to be to be playing in every single game, to be playing in like these high leverage scenarios, like in games against the Phillies, Miamis, you know, Brooklyn's, and even like having a role last night in the starting lineup, you know, I really think, like, even as as soon as this season, at the end, end of this season, like, that might pay off for the Raptors. Like, they're literally molding him into a rotation player, like, right now. Yeah, well, I mean, that's kind of why I made a point to both ask Christian and also uh, 905 head coach Eric Curry about just, like, um, are you guys going to have him down there? Because to it's, me, I'm it's like... It's going to be hard to send him down I'm right like, now. You know, I, I need him on the Raptors. Now, what, what they can do in scenarios where it's, like, the 905 play... On like a Monday, yeah, you're talking about those like saga. same day doubleheader yeah. types, and the Raptors yeah. are having an off day that day, right? So he goes to the 905 to play. Essentially, just he instead of driving east to come to the game, he drives west to go to the game. Yeah, it's like you, know, you it's a, it's like you coming in to do a show at two to three and then doing a react pod in the evening. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. yeah, sometimes you know you gotta, it depends on which way I go after uh, heading to the subway. But I mean, like his scooter's in the shop right now. <laughs> literally, <laughs> all right. I'm getting a. <laughs> Gotta get patched up. But any case, uh, how are you getting your scooter patched up two weeks in? Man? I had heavy usage. I've had this kind of maintenance on my O one Honda Civic, man. It's been twenty one years. Yeah, well, this scooter is not the O one. Knock Honda on Civic. wood. Um, but yes, yeah, I, like you can kind of fit in those kind of um, yeah. type of deals. But are you saying it's, it's hard reps? to see him? No, um, Nick getting set down him. right now. Yeah, Nick. Yeah. Nick is playing him not only in terms of just like he's getting the spot start here, yep. but even when Fred is healthy and they start with their usual starting group. Coloco's like one of the first subs off the bench, like pretty regularly. Yeah, and I think so, he gives him a different dimension, like on defense, just yeah. with his athleticism and size. And no, I love this. Like, this is what we always talk about with the Raptors. It's like the best thing about the Raptors is like they do two things concurrently. Like they they win and also they develop players at the same time, right? Yeah. Like we're literally watching this in real time with Coloco right now. Yeah. Like they're, you know, four and three, fine. I think you can argue. Probably could have won one more game, maybe two during this stretch. I would say two. You know, but 
Yeah, probably two. Yeah. But, you know, and but they're giving Coloco these reps, and I really think it's going to pay off. Yeah. You know Which, the vibe? What's up? In this, in this room right now, if the Raptors were 6-1 and one, like they should be? Yeah, I mean, I'd be the same. You'd be probably <laughs> jumping off the wall right now. Uh, <laughs> you know, like, it doesn't take much of her. Yeah, it really yeah. doesn't take much for you. Once yeah. again, it's only seven games in. No, but four and three. Uh, mm-hmm. I think coming yeah. into coming to the season, people looked at this first seven games as a really tough stretch. You know, I don't know. Like half of the teams we played, I don't think are even that good. Like Miami is mm, okay. That's a good question. Brooklyn is okay. Brooklyn, we got like almost the best version of them. Not only did they have like yeah. incredible shot making from Kyrie and KD, but yeah. like Nick Claxton was getting in. Marcus O'Neal's hitting some yeah. big threes. For and me, it was the just Brooklyn like, game, yeah, okay. yeah, the Brooklyn game is just one of those where like straight up like Matt Devlin being like, that's one of 82. Sometimes the yeah. shot making will be there I, for I the wasn't other even that team. mad at that one. Yeah, the only one you can really be mad at is them, you know, blowing the opportunity to sweep the Sixers at home. That, that's with Joel what they should have been done. Because you look at the defensive intensity, like you said, against Atlanta. If yeah. They brought, but I mean, you, sometimes you got to tip your cap off to a Tyrese Maxey just having yeah. an incredible game. Too, I mean, right? it's fair. He, he did really have some ridiculous um, stretches where he, yeah. I mean, the, the, the shots where he's jumping off the wrong foot for the floater and he's banking it in while running full speed. No, what, who, what, who does that? Like, what are you supposed to do? Yeah. So, anyways. So, you know, maybe uh, not double harden. Anyways, I guess. <laughs> I, I mean, it's not like you can I guess do my, anything. There are things you can do. Yeah. I guess my question is, are, are you are you satisfied you know, as a harsh critic of the Raptors with this four and three start, um, I still I, th- I think they left a win on the table. Okay, that's my. But I mean, Tough I think Asian the dad. overall, like they're playing well. Um, I think the formula uh, of the way they're playing. I think the first three or four games, I didn't really recognize the team as much. But mm-hmm. I think the last few games here, especially since Chris Boucher has come back and really studied the bench. Yeah. By the way, another nice stint for Chris. I, I just like enjoy watching him come in and just knocking a three in like. Five seconds after checking in. Oh, saying you know? nice things now. Okay. Yeah, well, you know we're we're, we're friends now. Yeah. Um, you, you guys know, are actually we, really close friends. No, legit. We, Just we, kidding. We talk to each I other. I don't want to exaggerate. We, yeah. we talk to each other pregame. Yeah. Uh, at practice, et cetera, et cetera. But, um, <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, it's just the Raptors have like come back to their identity, right? Precious, sure. uh, still up and down. I wish the down wasn't so down, but like ultimately, like he, you know, he's playing well. Um, you know, Boucher's in his role. They're finding Coloco to be very, very effective in certain matchups, and they're pretty much using him every single game now. Um, but I think the big thing is still just like, yeah, Pascal. Like, you just can't get around it. Like, he's just he's playing at a superstar level, right? Like, that's the stuff that mm. you want to see. Like, he's averaging like almost nine free throw attempts per game this season. Yeah. And, I know, and I know you, talk, you talked a lot about that in the offseason with, yeah. with Coach David Thorpe, too, right? Yeah, yeah, Because yeah. like, I, I think you asked, you know, every single way of, like, oh, like, how is Pascal going to be able to increase his scoring? Mm-hmm. And the answer was always, like, you just got to get to the line more. Yeah, well, I mean, I think yesterday was a great example of that. I mean, oh, yesterday was also a great example of the refs, like, probably blowing the whistle a little too much. Like, when the Raptors had five fouls in the first two minutes of the fourth quarter, I was like, all right, like, <laughs> what are you talking about here? Like, the Raptors have been playing great defense, like, for the whole night. Like, you're suddenly just going to call five fouls in two minutes? Investigate them. Okay, well, no, it's not quite a their name. Oh, okay, their okay. names are. The Raptors did shoot oh. 40 free throws, by oh, the way. Okay, so. never mind. Great job, no, refs. Their, their names yeah. are, but in, like, a friendly way. Great job, refs. Their names Shouts are. to Victor. But, yeah. yeah. Um, no, no, but, like, that's the thing. If Pascal plays at that level, yeah. I, the rest of it is secondary to me. Everyone can just kind of play a role around him. Gary can sort of play yeah. off of him. Scotty can play off of him. Fred obviously has great chemistry with him, you know. And the rest of the guys can just sort of, like, follow – and fit into a slot behind him. Like, OG doesn't have to press as much for his offense. 
All I want OG to do is have five steals and a half. Is that too much to ask for? Yeah, but you know, he's, he's a human being. He wants to get night, his shots right? up, you know, get his touches. But he didn't really do that last night, though. He, he really yeah. played within the flow of the offense and, and just, like, disrupted every flow that the, the the Sixers try to go on, and that's exactly the role you wanted to see from him. Listen, man, superstar is the hardest thing to find in this league. We all know that. And I think that's that's the one thing that I think has a lot of people excited about the rest of the season. Yeah. Like, just to see the start from from Pascal. So, yeah. and I'm, I'm just excited, you know, um, you know, I know Otto Porter's left the team for personal reasons, you know, hope everything is good on, on that I front. Think, I think Raptors might've tipped off what happened. Okay. I think he was expecting a child. And, oh, okay. And okay. Think that everything's okay. okay on that so front, if it's good, so. then, then, you know, I don't, congrats. I don't think I'm breaking news on that front. I was just yeah. me watching the, the post game. Yeah. yeah. You never so. know when it's personal reasons, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. good or bad, but, but it seems like he's back with the okay, team. That's awesome, okay. That's awesome, man. And I'm really, I'm really excited to see what he's going to bring to this team yeah more shooting um honestly i, I don't even know right now probably only like 10 or 15 minutes available off the bench sure who are you pl- like like let's say yesterday's rotation right so the raptors were able to even able to give five minutes to juancho and five minutes to you know champagne jeff Doughton. you know briefly there was the the jeff doubt him lineup with the uh who else is the hymns on this team uh, just him, Champagne lineup. Nah, man. You see, Shea- Kim Siakim was out there too. They, they literally have the four hymns lineup out you there. You see, Shea Gilgis Alexander posted. Well, you're not on IG, so you didn't no, see this. I didn't see this at he all. He posted like, just him getting a fit off on IG, and he's like, for Halloween, I dressed up as him. Nah, man. We got to end this him thing, man. It's too many hymns. Okay, fair enough. Okay. Pascal's no, we, the only we, him. You know what we actually need, you know, we have the in season tournament coming up. Yeah, eventually with the NBA <laughs> where they're the going to play like, the hymns. Yeah, we need everyone who says they're him to just play in a one-on-one tournament to determine who's him. Yeah. Like king not... of the him. Okay, man. Um, yeah, anyway. Yeah, save that for Panther Pod. No, um, but, but like, look at the rotation. Their like, names are. Oh, God. <laughs> um, but shout out fr- to Derek Brandejo. Shout out to Derek Brandejo. Um, um, but no, seriously though, like whose minutes are you cutting down? Pascal played 35 last night. OG played 32. Scotty played 33. Maybe you don't see Ken. Gary, 35. Maybe you see less of Coloco. And maybe the starters, they just see their minutes come down a little bit. Isn't that the whole point of having an auto porter? I mean, I guess. But at the same time, it's like a lot of these guys played exactly the type of minutes you want. Chris Boucher, 21, 18 15 to 20 for auto seems, I don't know. But where are you going to find low? that? This is a game where Fred didn't even play and they, they, they kind of maxed out their minutes, you know? So I don't know. Yeah. It might take a little bit. Like I, I'm not, I, I'm just saying like people shouldn't really expect auto to come in and be like a 25 minute per guy. Maybe um, a couple games, game. but like I'm not. I think he'll be fine right away. Like he's a vet. I think so, right? but I just mean that like the rest of the guys are playing pretty well around him. So no, that's fair. But so, it's like, and it will be nice if like let's say Precious is laying an egg, then Nick Nurse is like, all right, that's enough, man. Auto, <laughs> <laughs> get in there. Yeah, you know? maybe he'll motivate Mr. them Automatic. to have a. Yeah, maybe he'll not your scooter. No. Um, Come on, man. So after so it's a quote unquote easier stretch coming up now. So the Raptors have. Two road games this week at San Antonio, at Dallas, and then a home-and-home against Chicago. Then they host Houston, and then they're at OKC, and then, oh, yeah, at Detroit. You know, Dwayne. You know, Dwayne's already studying tape on that one. Oh, (laughs) man. No, two injuries coming up in that game. He's got the, coaching, he's got the coaching staff assigned to scout Pascal for the next three weeks. Oh, man. No, I just want to see some consistency from this team, you know? Like, yeah, I don't too. want to see me those too. letdown games. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I, know well, you're, I know you're feeling good off the Atlanta win, but don't forget how bad and how angry you were after the Philadelphia yeah, yeah. loss but then I had on a, Friday. But then I had a great weekend, you know? Saw FKJ live. Amazing. Oh, okay. Incredible musician. Yeah. Uh, FKJ at History. I was, I was back at History. Again. Oh, back at Sec- History. Second time within Where, the month. Where I saw Neo, where, you know, I I praised the shrine of Neo. 
Yeah, you literally did. You were on your knees. Um, what? I got a video um, of this too. Yeah, uh, yeah. Anyways, um, yeah, and you went to karaoke on the weekend. Karaoke as well. Mm. Mm. Throw up the rock. You know yeah, what I mean? numb encore. Yeah, the tiniest rock I've ever seen. It was like with his. He had like four pinky fingers for some reason. I was holding a mic with one of them, so I don't know. It was, Coloco, it was said, like this. Coloco said he sung uh, Backstreet Boys. I want it that way. Yeah. What yeah. I want to ask him was, uh, and I probably should have in that moment, was just like, were you even born when this song came out? Oh, like, okay. Okay. Like, you know, because sometimes people try to pretend like they're an old head when they're not an old head. Yeah. Like me. I like the new question this year of uh, what's the weirdest thing about being famous? Yeah. Like, you know, I'm just trying something new. Uh, yeah. See what that was like afterwards. No, no. After the interview, bag, bro. Well, after the interview, he was like, "Actually, the weirdest part of inter- uh, being famous is having to do interviews." And I'm like, "Yeah, <laughs> is, is that's a to, better answer." Is having to talk to your big knob twice uh, already. He's like, "I saw you on Zoom <laughs> and you clowned me about Barcelona," and I was like, "You know what? You want? Re- do you really want to talk about Barcelona? Because you're doing even worse this year." Mm. And so we agreed pre-show not to talk any soccer. Yeah, happy birthday, Vivek Jacob. Happy birthday, Big V. Surprise. Yeah. Great, uh, great FIFA player, speaking of video games, but we'll save that for a banter pod. Okay, all you, right. Uh, before we go to break, you handed out candy last night? Yeah. For Halloween? Uh, so, How I mean, it? the game was obviously at Scotiabank, um, and I would normally go to all the games. But sometimes, you know, you got to give one back. And uh, for me, I just wanted to, you know, see the kids in the community. Uh, nice. I was trying to implore Derek, who does live in, very close to me, to, to come by my street, but he decided not to. Okay, that's fine. Um, but, uh, you know, definitely would have. Spoiled. He's busy studying for his master's. His I, I think you know that. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yes. Yeah. It's, He's it's writing hard. his thesis right now. It's hard to write a thesis with uh, yeah, we'll a whole bunch in. of kids running we'll around. We'll check in on him for sure. But um, no, it was great. How much candy are you handing out to each person, man? Well, at first I was do- I was like, mm, this. I don't know if I have enough. But then it started raining a little bit. So then I had too much. So towards the end, I was just giving out like five chocolates and like ah, a bag of chips. Very generous. Um, what, what else? I, I wore a Mewtwo onesie. Okay. So you know you know you know Mewtwo like uh, the Pokemon. Yeah, yeah, Mr. Mewtwo. Yeah, that's Mr. Mime. That's different. I guess they look kind of oh, similar. Oh, that's a clip song, man. Uh, oh, okay. I don't, I don't know. We're just completely at odds with this one. You don't know. We don't know what each other's talking Ventropod. about. Ventropod. But um, yeah, I wore a Mewtwo onesie, and then there were kids who were in Pokemon onesies, and they were all like, "Oh, I know who you are," and I was like, "Yes, I'm not washed." Yeah, you should have shown up in that today, man. I honestly debated doing that, but it kind of yeah. got out in the rain just a little bit. You're in such so. a good mood. I feel like you could have pulled it no, off. No, I was literally doing trick or treat, and then you know, yeah. Pascal was doing trick or treat with the with the Hawks, and Scotty was doing trick or treat with the Hawks. It was great, man. Ah, okay, yeah. Shout out yeah, to yeah. Pascal dressing up as Fifty Cent over the weekend. Yeah, what, what do you think conversion rate? He's forty three cent. Oh, is that the joke? That w- yeah, it's terrible. Yeah, <laughs> sports funny. Um, oh, man. All right, we'll take a break. Uh, we got Paul Jones joining us, and then maybe at the end we can talk a little Steve Nash if we have time. Oh, yeah. We, we, we can't run out of time for that. I so. got some Josai thoughts, some Utah thoughts. <laughs> yes, that's the most important question in Brooklyn right now is, is Utah okay? Because I actually, as a friend, genuinely, spoiler. as a one-way friend. <laughs> spoiler, he is not. It's a one-way friend. I'm worried about him. So uh, we're going to take a break. I'm your host, Walu. That's Alex Wong. You're listening to The Raptor Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Have you checked out Bet Rivers yet? Download the Bet Rivers online casino and sportsbook app today. Get in the action this basketball season with thousands of betting options. Plus, don't forget about Bet Rivers Sportsbook award-winning customer service. It's a whole new game with Bet Rivers online casino and sportsbook. Must be 19 plus. Available in Ontario only. Please play responsibly. If you have questions or concerns about your gambling or someone close to you, please contact Connext Ontario at 1-866-531-2600 to speak to an advisor free of charge. Breaking down the top stories in the NHL every day. The Jeff Mary Show. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
back to the Raptor Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. I'm your host, Wim Liu, and Alex Wong, the co-host, is also here. And we are joined in the second segment by Raptors radio analyst Paul Jones. Okay, we will get Paul. We'll get Jonesy on the line, um, you know. But uh, in the meantime, Alex, how you doing? We weren't prepared for this. Oh, hey, how are you, man? I know you want to talk Brooklyn Nets. We're definitely going to have an extended Brooklyn Nets segment at the end here. Just kind of an emergency thing. Like, Please. As much as we like to complain about the Raptors not getting all sorts of coverage and all this other stuff, it's like the NBA is like very clear. What they want to do, or at least like the major American outlets, what they want to do is they want to cover the Lakers. They want to cover the Nets. Like Those are the two like big teams that they decided that they're going to cover this year. And honestly, they're, they're, they're both like very, very entertaining. Yeah, that's in like a very perverse, dark way. But I don't find anything about the Lakers to be entertaining. Like they're just not good. Okay. Whereas the Nets, to me, I mean, I mean, outside of Kyrie being an idiot, like you know, like Steve Nash getting let go today, mm. and now we're finding out that <laughs> Ime Udoka is likely to become yeah. the Brooklyn Nets' it's, next head coach. It's too toxic, man. It's, like, it's it's actually like too it's too toxic of a scenario. But listen, before we get to the Nets talk, we're oh, gonna get man. to. Uh, the Raptors, who obviously had a great performance last night, we got Jonesy on the line. Um, yeah, Jonesy. First off, the one of the conversations that unfortunately happens in sports is like when you have a great performance with somebody out, people start to ask questions about, "Hey, was that guy holding the team back?" So, Jonesy, let's just dive into that combo right now. Like, obviously, Freddie being absent last night um, is now sparking some conversation. What do you make of that idea that the Raptors play differently or play at a different level when when Fred isn't there? Well, they play differently. That's for sure, William. Okay. Like, well, they do. They, that's and and there's always talk about that kind of stuff. And in the short term, um, as people adjust, it it might not be all that fault. But you're not better without one of your best players. You're yeah. not. And that's and that's where for me that's where it ends. Yeah, they played real well last night. Some of the other guys were. You know they were they were gassed up and they um, they saw opportunity they took advantage of it. I mean, all, you just have to go back to Friday with uh, with what happened with Philadelphia. Joel Embiid's out and some guy jumped on me on Twitter and said, "Oh, Jonesy, that was a real cold take." Like you you would think that uh, you know the Raptors thought it was going to be light work without Embiid. Maybe they did. Maybe they did think it was going to be light work without Joel Embiid, but it never turns out that way because other people see opportunity in that. The same way Scotty and Pascal and everybody else saw, okay, Fred's out. We got to pick it up a little bit. So you're never better without one of your better players. It's funny because you know when when he was when he was coaching the Clippers, that used to happen a lot with all the injuries with with uh, the Clippers and Doc Rivers would say. He'd walk into a news conference and say, "Okay, let's start the chat." Or we're better without Blake, mm-hmm. or we're we're you know we're we're better without Chris Paul. Like you're not you're never better without your one of your best players. You're good temporarily, but in the long term, it 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 doesn't it doesn't pan out. Yeah, no, this is exactly sort of what I was going to say too. It's just like. Um, it is hard to adjust to a team last minute, uh, and and you know to be honest, like there is a good conversation to have about sort of just like the benefits of playing a little bit bigger, right? Because you're literally taking your smallest player off the floor and you're starting in his place, Christian Coloco, who had a pretty good game last night. Um, but yeah, Jones, let's just talk about how 
Like, what different ways do the Raptors play? Like, stylistically, what happens? Where does the offense shift to without Fred on there? And also defensively, what can they do a little bit differently with more size on the floor? Well, I don't know if you guys were in the uh, news conference before the game with Nate McMillan. Um, it was funny. They asked him about the Raptors' defense, and he said, yeah, they roll out stuff that not many people do. Mm. Triangle and two, box and one. Uh, you know, one, two, two, full court press, two, three zone, three, two zone. He said, and then you take all the numbers off the front and every guy looks the same. <laughs> six, eight, long wing, six, nine, long wingspan. It, it, it's, it's hard to figure them out. So, um, I, I, look, I just think defensively, um, they go to that switching stuff when, they don't have a small guy on the floor when there's no Fred or there's no Malachi on the floor, and it presents problems. I mean, Trey Young last night had Scotty on him, and then he'd call for a screen, like, let's get a switch and get this guy off me. And, and then he turns the corner. It's like, oh, geez, they got another guy like that. It's precious to chew. Okay, give me a screen. Let's get this guy off me. Turn the corner. It's like, oh, geez, this is Chris Boucher. And <laughs> yeah. it, it, just, it just, you know, it's, it's, t- it's tough to deal with. On the offensive end, the way they've been playing um, with Pascal doing a lot of the ball handling and the playmaking coming from not just one guy, but maybe Pascal or Scotty initiating it, but a bunch of the guys having hand in it. When they play like that and they move the ball like that, they're tough to beat. Mm -hmm. They really are. They really are. And when, when Pascal gets into the lane, and he's basically making the same practice, the same pass that. Rico Hines or Earl Watson or Jimmy Sand would make to a guy standing in the middle of the key <laughs> out to a guy wide open because the defense has collapsed. I mean, that, that guy's going to knock down that shot more times than not, especially if it's a, a you know, a, a Trent or an OG or a Fred. So I, I, I just think they, you know, there was, it was, it's kind of cliche to say it, but it really was next man up uh, yesterday. And I, the thing I love about Coloco will is he he knows where his bread is buttered in terms of, you know, offensively. He doesn't try to do what he can't. Like, he played side screen and roll on one play last night, caught the ball. I'm like, man, what's he going to do with it? Like, I thought he maybe he'd dish it, like, in a short roll. He took two steps and dunked it. <laughs> like, like and, and here's a guy that now you add to the 6'9", switching, anybody can cover anybody on the floor. Oh, yeah, and you got a guy 7-1 who can do that, who protects the rim back there, too. So uh, I, I just think this team, I mean, it's a good start, 4-3, and three, considering they played what you would consider some of the better teams, like almost like heavyweights in the, in the East with, you know, two against Miami, two against Philly. Atlanta's a team that's supposed to make noise. They, they dropped one to Brooklyn. They've, they've handed Cleveland their lone loss. I think that's a pretty good – I think that's a pretty good – uh, start for these guys. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it, the team does look really good. Pascal looks amazing. Scotty did really well in his role last night. The three-point shooting was, uh, I mean, something we've never seen out of him before, and hopefully that's something where down the line he masters that shot. Um, you know, I, I, th- I was thinking more about Coloco in particular, and it's just like the something that stuck with me from what Nick said at the, around the time of the draft when they took Christian 33rd overall. He said that it gives the Raptors something different and actually allows the Raptors to be even more aggressive on the perimeter because they have a layer of shot uh, blocking behind them now, now that they have a seven-footer who has pretty good instincts defensively the way Christian does. 
have you seen that sort of come into play here? Because the Raptors actually play totally. Christian like every single game. Totally. And, and that's what I mentioned before, Will, with the you have the 6'9 switching on defense and anybody can cover anybody. And now, like you said, you add, as Nick said, you, you add a layer to it. One of those guys is also seven foot one. And if he's close to the basket, you're okay when you get beat. And, and I mean, I think of, you know, a guy like Donovan Mitchell who had Rudy Gobert with him in Utah. Now he goes to Cleveland and he's got Jared Allen and Evan Mobley. Yeah. Like there's, there's something to be said about that. Um, having a guy back there to wipe out your mistakes. It's not, it's not always good to be leading the league in block shots because that usually means they're getting in close to the basket. Yeah. But at the same time, it also means you're not giving up easy ones in there because there's somebody there to wipe out the mistake. Yeah, no doubt. And, you know, and just thinking about Christian and his, his young start here, you already mentioned he doesn't overplay his role, right? His teammates have commended him multiple times of doing the little stuff like setting really good screens, right? That's always a way to, get to, to, to have your teammates appreciate you just set a really good screen. But, you know, you even saw like pretty solid center production across the board last night. Ken Birch coming in, you know, coming in for nine minutes. Uh, Ken doesn't get talked about a lot, Jonesy, so love for you to, to give some thoughts on sort of what Ken brought to the game last night. I was really happy for Cam last night. He, yeah, same. I mean, he's he's had such injury issues over the last little while, and he played so well in Tampa, and things looked so promising when he came north with the team. And then, I mean, he just kept getting beat up. Yeah. And for him to get in there and contribute, I, I, what he had, like five points and a couple of rebounds in, in nine minutes, made a three, mm-hmm. uh, you know, was... Two was, steals. Yeah, a couple of steals. He was he was a big part of it. And then, you know, that kind of reassures Nick or or it 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 kind of says to Nick, "Hey, here's another guy that I could play." Uh, you know, consistency is another thing because uh, you know, will he play that well with the minutes kind of limited or going the way they are? But at the same time, it's comforting to know that you can look down the bench. And and look, here's the great thing about a guy like Ken Birch. He's such a terrific teammate. He's he's a guy that's going to stand there if he's not playing, and and you know and wave his towel and and you know look for things, point things out. He's a good teammate. As a matter of fact, I, I don't I don't know anybody on the Raptors bench that I would consider. Oh, watch that guy. He wants to win on his terms. Mm-hmm. They don't they don't have guys like that. I mean, to me, one of the greatest examples of that has been Malachi Flynn. Uh, you know, just. Hey man, I'm just waiting for my turn, and when I get in there, I make sure I'm ready. And you, you know, you guys, you and you and Alex are there in the pregame. You watch guys yeah. work out, and and they're staying ready, so they don't have to get ready. So, uh, and 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 I think Kim Birch fits that mold the same way. Real professional, uh, good teammate. Um, you know, whatever you need, coach. If you need me to sit here for four games, I'll sit. If you need me to get in there for five minutes or eight minutes and set screens and rebound and play defense, I'm good with that. And, mm. and I, I, I just think the Raptors are, are built in a way that they're okay sacrificing for one another because they understand what the, the ultimate goal is in the end. Yeah, that's true. Uh, it was very, very encouraging win last night. Hey, Jonesy, before we let you go, um, we got to get your thoughts on – so the, the Nets have made some moves. Um, yeah, yeah. S- Steve Nash has been let go. Uh, almost mercifully, I would say, for, for a guy who's accomplished so much in his career, a legend in the game – two-time MVP, obviously a Canadian legend as well. Um, it just felt like Steve was really going through it in that job. Um, I don't think that anybody would have particularly wanted that specific responsibility of sort of managing that team in Brooklyn 
as talented as they were, and they're going to let him go. Uh, they're going to have Ime Udoka eventually replace him, uh, which is also another topic of conversation. But, yeah, Jones, just give me your thoughts real quickly on sort of what the Nets are doing here because uh, – it, it, It's, you know, Will, you pointed out, it's a real tough spot. And, and people, people forget sometimes that – uh, whatever level you're at, you know, I've done it all the way up from bitty ball to, you know, provincial teams and, and, you know, all, all but the NBA. And I kind of think I was born at the wrong time because in, in 1985, when I ran out of the university of Western Ontario with a master's degree in sports psychology and said, I wanted to coach people looked at me like I was from another planet. Mm. Um, but the psychology of coaching is about managing people. It is managing egos and I uh, had a great chat with Alvin Williams last night. We were talking about that, how somehow or other Nick nurse always gets his guys to believe, right? Yep. Like you're convincing NBA players to play box and one in the NBA finals. And people are like, you don't do that. Mm-hmm. Like what, what, like you don't, you know, you don't, you don't line your pockets with foil and put your roll in a pocket at a classy dinner and I go, well, why not? There's no space on my plate. It's going to keep my jacket clean, and I can get, like, what's wrong with it? And now everybody else is doing it. Our guys are laughing at me at a team dinner. Now they're doing it. And it's about managing people. And Steve was a great teammate. Uh, he's, he's a terrific human being. And that must have been really hard for him to try to manage some of those guys that always see it the way he does. And you're the leader. And... I just thought it, at times that that would that would have been the ultimate thankless job, coaching that team. You know, and who, who do you bring in now? Um, you know, if it is an Ime Udoka or a Quinn Snyder, they're going to have to hold the reins a little bit tighter uh, because this thing is this thing can go in a lot of directions in Brooklyn. And, and and they you know they if they'd have been off to a five or two five and two or six and two start with all of the other stuff that's still swirling around the team, it would have been fine. It would have been fine. You know we always say that will mm-hmm. winning is the is the great deodorant. It it covers up everything else that stinks. Yeah. Um, problem was they weren't winning, and and it must have been really hard for Steve to try to manage that group. So um, I hope he gets another job somewhere. Uh, you know, even as an assistant, because he, he's a great basketball mind and really understands the game and is, is a great person. Yeah. All right, Jonesy, we're going to let you go. Appreciate you taking time. Always, guys. Always. You know the number. Call me anytime. All right. We will. Yeah. Um, I'm. You know, honestly, Steve, it's just the whole situation with Brooklyn made me really sad um, because – for me, like I, I love Steve Nash. Like as you know, coming up uh, when I was watching basketball really intently, when I started to watch basketball really intently, like obviously the Suns were incredible at that time with Steve winning MVPs and then winning sixty games and changing the style of the game and his flashy passing. Like, um, you know, Steve was like the first like NBA player where I was watching like consistently, just watching his team just to see him specifically. Right, he was him. Steve was him. <laughs> And so, like, and for a player that great who worked that hard in his career to get to the points that he was at, um, yeah. so to have to go through this, it, I just feel bad for him. Yeah, I mean, I, so, and so in, in this case, him getting like, oh, I actually feel good for him. No, like, I'm I, actually as a fan of Steve Nash, I'm like, yes. No, thank when you. I when I saw the news, him. no, I was thrilled. 
for Steve Nash. Yes. Like, like you can't go inside, you know, anybody's head and like, you know, I think we're making a lot of assumptions, but I think in this case, our assumptions are probably right. Like he was pretty miserable at that job, man. Yeah. Like think about like he came in, this is like supposed to be a dream job. Like, like Kevin Durant specifically, like had a relationship with him going back to when Nash was like a development coach Golden in Golden State. Yep. And, you know, this was like the handpicked choice that Katie and Kyrie wanted. That's why they pushed out Kenny Atkinson. They acquired James Harden. It looks like they just have this big three. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the whole thing was like, oh, like what does Steve Nash even need to do? Yeah. Right? Like like they get, they have so much talent and then it all falls apart. You know, Harden's out. You know, Kyrie's missed time for, you know, all kinds of different reasons. KD wanted him fired this summer. And it made it very, very publicly known. Like, No, think about it. If you, you could have done that privately. If you spent the summer trying to get me and Derek Brandejo fired, yeah. how are we supposed to come back and work? That's I mean, you know yeah, what I mean? True. Yeah, you're right. Like, yeah. I'd probably do it for the check still, but like, <laughs> okay. no, but you know, like seven games in, like, are we shocked? Like, I just no, think, man. I just think at some point, like Josiah and, and Sean Marks, like, and I guess it's Josiah cause he's the owner. Like, like the writings on the wall, like what else are you going to squeeze out of this KD Kyrie partnership? Well, I mean, I don't even understand. Why did they bring Steve? Why didn't they just let Steve go in the off season? Yeah. Why no. did you make them go through well, training camp? Well, they wanted camp? to take a stance, right? Like, I, th- I think part stance? of it, what I think part of stance? it was the organization wanted to take a stance saying that, hey, like, Katie and Kyrie, you know, you guys go on podiums and are like, oh, we don't even need a coach. And then, you know, Katie's like, I want to get traded. And I think that comes from Joe Sign ownership being like, hey, like, we're not going to, you know, listen to any of your requests. But they did. <laughs> no, but, but now they, they are. Because I think, I think okay. now they're realizing oh, that man. this just can't work. You can't have a star player wanting your head coach out, publicly demanding that. And, you know, they're two and five, and, like, how good is their roster? Like, how good really is their roster? I can't believe the Raptors lost to them first off. Yeah, um, but, like, they're not a good team. Yeah, I mean, it, it's just it's just no way to treat people, man. I mean, like, even if you – fine, you know what? If, if your star player says, I don't like the coach anymore, I want him fired. I mean, first off, there's no way to treat people. You could do that behind the scenes. You do that, you put it up publicly like that in a way that's like, there's real animosity. I get it, but I get it. Press, pro sports, whatever, right? Fine. But at that point, just let him go. Just let him go in the offseason. Why don't you give your, uh, your the head coach that you want to get an opportunity to like coach the team for training camp? Or do you think they always knew about what was going on behind the scenes with Ime and was just waiting for that situation with, with <laughs> And Boston to bring to, in Ime Odoka into this yeah, situation. Like, what are you doing? What are you doing it's next? Just, Getting Josh Primo? Just hire like Mark Matson or something. I'm trying to think of like just the most like chill situation. Like that was Steve. Or just, that was supposed to be Steve. Or they've got Jacques Vaughn, you know, who coached the team before. Like they have him filling in tonight. Like just have him take over oh. as coach. Like and and this is like a one year proposition for them because Kyrie is is going to be a free agent at the end of this season. Mm-hmm. And I don't imagine they're going to continue this relationship with him. Um, and, you know, KD's signed long-term, but, you know, at some point, if you're moving forward with a roster that's not good enough to compete, then I think you have to revisit those trade talks. Like, isn't absolutely. this isn't this now the time for them to actually just, like, tear it down and just move on? Yes, absolutely. But now so that let's you get Kevin Durant to their to coaching Toronto. demands, you know, all, all this stuff happens. But and, all, and, this, and, all this just to try to salvage this season. What is the point? That's all you have is this season. If you're season. a Brooklyn Nets fan, what's the point? What are you doing with your life? Like, there's other things you can do in Brooklyn, man. Just. It's a great borough. 
Like, go man. see, go honestly become a theater nerd or something. No, no, like, we we need to get another exclusive with Utah Watanabe. Yo, that's a big question for me. Is is Utah okay? Because I, I think Utah's fine. No, Utah, you need my number, man. I we think Utah talk, Utah's just blocking out the noise. Is he just you know contesting dunks, you know, at the basket against Nick Claxton in practice, like diving for loose balls? He's just focused on on becoming a better player. Um, I I do wonder. Uh, we we we, probably, we should probably talk to Ke- Takeshi at some point again. Okay, yeah, I know obviously he's, he's definitely been following the team very closely. I just want to yeah. know, like, not in terms of what how Utah's doing in Brooklyn, just like uh, what are those post game press conferences like? <laughs> <laughs> I need to know, man. I don't know if Takeshi's getting a question in based on based on the topics that have been coming up. <laughs> Everyone's asking Kyrie post game in Brooklyn. Very questionable beliefs, and then Takeshi's like, "Hey, what do you think of Utah scoring?" Five points and two rebounds off the bench. Listen, listen, you know? listen, Joseph Sai. I think, you know, let's create a reality show. Let Will coach and let me be GM. I'm not coaching this team. I will bring man. in Are every shooter. Me? I will bring in no, every I, shooter from around I, the league. Genuinely, I'd rather do this show. Uh, We're going to play space than, than and space offense. Just pure spacing, no pace. Utah's in the starting lineup. They just <laughs> need to turn it over, man. Like, what? Like, I no, don't know they, what they're doing. I mean, like, they, don't have, they don't have picks. And now you're gonna have, they don't have like, now, young players. And now you're gonna like, bring in. Now you're gonna bring in Ime Udoka. Like, oh, Ime's man. gonna yell at them, man. No, That's, like this that is... was that was that was what Boston kept crediting him with. <sighs> he just had tough convos. It was just real with people. And then after a year, they found out of all the stuff that he was doing. So it's for like, many reasons, like they got to move on from Kyrie, and like they just got to start, just start rebuilding. Yeah. Well, and I forgot they still have Ben Simmons there. So. Oh, yeah, that's <laughs> so, right. Oh, oh brother. <laughs> Yo, this is oh. genuinely the worst team oh, brother. ever to cover. But, but also, I guess, the best team. Because you, you you and I were talking about this. The Raptors it, are kind of boring if like, this, compared if this to other teams. Show, like, yes. lit, or if I had to do 10 things on the Nets, be, five it, of those it, things it, would not be about basketball. It'd be Cameron ever. Mondays. We call Cameron. He'd go on a rant every Monday. I forgot about that point, too. Yeah, He's just <laughs> yeah. like, Ben Simmons, stop we, playing with my guys. We get a sit down with Joe Sai. Oh, right? man. It'll be like a bilingual podcast. Yeah, that's fine, man. But yeah, maybe we should be thankful that the Raptors are, are you know, yeah, no, rel- relatively boring. Relatively, the Raptors' problems are like, oh, Tyrese went off for one random game. But listen, that does it for us today. I'm your host, Walu. That's Alex Wong. You've been listening to The Raptors Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Make sure you find The Raptors Show wherever you listen to podcasts and subscribe. And please rate and review the show. Reminder, we're streaming live on Sportsnet's YouTube channel and airing live on Sportsnet 360. Monday to Friday from 2 to 3 p.m. Thanks again to producer and co-host Alex Wong. Thanks to Jonesy. Uh, thanks to board producer Derek Brandale. Jennifer Rolnick for helping us with the YouTube stream. And we'll be back to talk more Raptors tomorrow. <laughs>